I pray that your word will be spirit and life. Lord, we humble ourselves and we declare that uh, the life comes from you, the anointing comes from you, uh, the success comes from you. So we ask you, give us life, give us spirit, Lord, uh, today from your Holy Spirit. Give us boldness. Amen. Amen. So uh, <coughs> I was worshiping and I felt like, uh, what, what should I say, Lord? What, what? I have many things to say, but what do you want me to say? And I, I could sense that word boldness. And I feel this is the gift the Lord wants to give to the church, not just this, this church particularly, but to church generally. And uh, uh, that's an interesting subject. Uh, There's a lot to talk, but I'll just say this. Uh, sometimes we need to... I'll give an example. It's better to be giving examples. Examples like, um, <clears throat> I start with this. We had in our church, uh, we start to make some outreach with people from the world and so on. Uh, it was a, a young uh, woman that came along, and uh, she was um, she's a psychologist, and she was the girlfriend of another person who start to be with the Lord, and you know, and uh, <clears throat> he told us like. Well, actually, I feel the Lord in your church. I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel like, you know, it's supernatural. But when I get home, I get just dismantled by her, uh, uh, you know, expressing to me like, oh, look, this is psychology explained. Because, you know, there is a crowd, so there's, the emotions are taking over. And, you know, so he said, actually, she has explanations for everything that I sense supernaturally. And uh, really, we feel a bit disarmed, like... What is it? Anyway, uh, Adrian came over to visit. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. And uh, we had in our house, like, a, you know, like a small party. We called them, actually, it's like outreaching somehow, you know, <laughs> undercover mission. And uh, people felt good and like a normal, you know, good, good time. And after, at the end, it was like, you know, this party is where is a central point, central focus to make them, you know. So, Adrian was like our focus, like, okay, here's Adrian. She has a supernatural gift. <laughs> so if somebody wants to uh, encounter something supernatural, she can tell supernatural things from your life, from of your future, you know, things like this. So we abused Adrian's gifts in a good way. Uh, and uh, the thing is, when this person was staying uh, aside and at the end, kind of, she made courage. This psychologist, because she was invited. So obviously, all the time, she, she was like, you know, all oh, these are some weirdos. I just, you know, I just cope with them as much as I can. But in that moment, at the end, she stepped in, and Adrian prayed for her. And uh, uh, Adrian started to speak. Uh, well, I see an image. And I see you being young. and. Uh, very young, like 14 years old or something like this, in your youth, and uh, you are playing with the kids outside your house or something like in your neighborhood, and you, you kind of had this desire strong inside you, and you even wished for your life to be, to have to do with uh, uh, working with the kids. This was your dream. And uh, the Lord is telling you that he's fulfilling that dream, and so on and so on. So this person just, I see, like, weeping, weeping, weeping. 
this psychologist. So now I was thinking, well, what's her explanation now to be sweeping, anyway? <laughs> so, and at the end she told us like, well, actually I have explanations for everything, but when Adrian started to pray for me, it just came some liquid love inside me that every cell in my body I, I just filled with such a love that I never ever thought that existed. And then she told me things from my youth, and it's true, all my youth I was uh, like a weirdo, some people uh, seen me, because I was just playing with small kids, and I find so much pleasure in just enjoying and playing with them and giving them attention. And I wish, like, oh, I wish so much that my life, my job in life too has to do with this. And now she's a psychologist with small kids, with, uh, and she does this. So uh, <clears throat> why I'm saying this? Obviously, because, <laughs> yes, of course, so she gave me good cakes. Anyway, uh, I'm saying this because the passion and the boldness. Uh, I will say another thing also to help it. Uh, I was to university years. Uh, before, I, before I started my university, I moved cities anyway. So, and I was full of uh, boldness and a passion for the Lord. And I used to express it out loud, you know, to, uh, but nice, not weirdly, to my colleagues and so on. I try to be smart and to look, you know, but to be very bold, very, okay, well, if they uh, used to say like a silly joke, simple joke, I was just saying my face was not laughing, and, you know, insulting a bit, you know, but yeah, well, I'm not agreeing with this, I'm with Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, they was, you know, <laughs> so... Uh, but after a while, I kind of, uh, you know, disappointments or wearing out, I was like deeming myself a bit. I just see my line in life and that's all. And a colleague came to me, a colleague that used to make fun at, last, uh, uh, at the start of me being Christian and so on. But he came secretly, secretly to me and told me, Bogdan, uh, I, I want to tell you something. Okay. Well, you're not yourself, actually, and I don't like your, the change, what is in you. What? You've been different at the start. You've been, like, full of passion for a thing that we don't have. Actually, I did make fun of this, but actually, I just watch you because I want to see if it's real. Because, actually, I want that thing. So, and I don't see it anymore. What happened? Is that thing real, or it was, it was just a phase in your life, and it's not real? And that thing, like, shocked me in, like, well, what is our role? Because the Bible says there is an Abraham, and because there was an Abraham, that's why all the history is changed and we have Jesus. You know, because Abraham decided to listen to the Lord first in steps, like qualifying for some small steps. First, leave your family and just go in a place where you don't know, just obey me. First step. And the other step, because he decided to sacrifice even his own child. That's why we have the history now that we have salvation. And because many people are thinking, no, the Lord, if, if the Lord will do something, then it will happen. We wait for the Lord. It's true. But because of, because of an Abraham, the history changed. And it's gradual, yeah. It's not, you don't have to feel, oh, yeah, but uh, Abraham, I cannot do that because, you know, to sacrifice an Isaac. No, 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 no. Small steps. The first step is, is the Lord... Lord, this is the thing that, uh, like, uh, recently, 
uh, I tried to find books, deep things about the Lord. And I, I just felt the Lord is telling me, yeah, it's simple. You don't have to read any books now. You just have to explain this word. What? Lord. <laughs> and for Romania, it's very important because in Romania we have this orthodoxy like Greeks has. Uh, inheritance, cultural. Everyone says, Lord, Lord, Lord. May God, Lord, help you. May Lord, 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 you know. And people go to church and they uh, put a light, they, they uh, candle and so on. Lord. But they live their life however they want. And I felt this is what the Lord challenged me. Like, you speak this word and you're lying. This, I'm speaking about me. I'm not offending anyone. So if you want to take from <laughs> some teachings, it's up to you. But I'm speaking about me. This is what the Lord told me. Like, you're speaking so much this word, Lord, and you're lying. And for me, this is like, still, I'm still in this um, school of this word, of this teaching that Lord uh, brought to me. Like. And I was like, why? Because the word Lord means I am, I own you. I am your master, your Lord, your boss. Yeah, it sounds weird, boss. Yeah, 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 accept it, accept it. I felt like, oh, this is hard to accept. Yeah, I am your boss. And I remember uh, one thing more, and I'll, I'll let Rebecca. Sorry. Uh, there is in the Bible this place where uh, David comes to uh, visit his brothers. You know the Bible is, we don't spend time to, to find it because you know it's the place where David comes to his brothers. And he hears, look what reward will be given to, to the person who will defeat Goliath. And interestingly, that for me it was like, oh, David is full of Holy Spirit. Of course, yes. Oh, David is special. And that's why he came and fought Goliath. But no, the text says, he asked again, tell me again what reward will have the one who is defeating Goliath. So what I want to say, uh, maybe we have to acknowledge that we need the motivation, like, like the Bible says, uh, uh, Paul says in Ephesians, uh, I pray that the Lord will open your eyes to see what are the riches prepared for you. And it says in um, Hebrews, in the first chapter, I believe, it says, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he decided here to suffer until the cross. So, uh, my friends, I, I come back to this time in, in my university is like the boldness, the passion, the fire. Is <laughs> some people who are special and they, oh, they are just special. They, uh, they are different. No. No, it's like Abraham. The journeys of small steps will make you shockingly uh, obsessed with the Lord if you grab that wave of his, of his uh, lordship, let's say it. Because many times we find ourselves uh, following or, or finding or uh, researching for recipes about the Lord. But there is only one. This life actually says is, is a place where we have to, uh, you know, I don't like to speak about Satan, but we have to address it also. The devil is allowed to be revealed the ones who are like him. Basically, in my translation, it says something like this. So, this life we have it 
even to qualify, to decide, are we becoming an Abraham who changes history? Or are we qualifying suddenly in the other direction? No, it's not the case here, of course. But let's, let's just be, let's just, uh, I don't know how to express it. Let's provoke the Lord in a good way. Let's provoke it. Let, let, let us not just follow, uh, uh, well, it's in life we have to have hope. I hate people who just have a hope, honestly. And I find people who are speaking about the Lord like they, have, they are uh, uh, orphans with a letter from their father. Oh, this is the letter. No, no, no. We have a, a Lord that is alive, is alive here and now. And there is a baptism of, in the Bible, there is this baptism, first baptism when it was shaking and everything happened, you know, after Jesus went. The word that is uh, there for me important is, they got boldness. So it's not about, it's so easy because it's not about me. It's not about how special book I find and I read. It's not how special outcome I'm, uh, upbringing I have in my family. It's not about this at all. These people who are hiding because they thought they will be crucified as well, just hiding in closed doors, they receive this baptism, and it become like out loud and full of boldness, full of fire. And people like, they didn't know what, what, what to say about this. Because. And we see again uh, after uh, two more pages, they gathered again, and they said, Lord, fill us again. That means that, that if, you had an experience, if I had an experience once, I don't have to just, oh, that, but it was something. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it was, but I was in fire for the Lord. But now, you know, the life uh, was different. You know, you can't know what happened to me, you know. So you have to accept me now I'm different. No, my friend. Let's encourage each other. Let's shake each other. Let's gather together and say, Lord, fill us again. Amen. Lord, shake this world again. Because it's not up to us. It's what you have. It's about you. It's not about me. So it's so, it's so encouraging because it's not about how qualified people are. So this region obviously has such a great potential because you guys are here, obviously. And because... The Lord has the Holy Spirit. I, and what I feel about this church all the time when I come, I feel like I'm just overwhelmed by the anointing, by the presence of the Lord in this church. So uh, what, my message is just to short it. Is the Lord wants to give you this gift of boldness. And it's a gift, obviously. And it's biblical because it happens multiple times. And it's from the Holy Spirit. It's the anointing that brings salvation. It's the anointing who breaks the yokes. So, uh, and also, I want to thank you because you, as a church, you encourage us in Bayamare, in our city. Uh, you, uh, you blessed us also. Uh, we can pay our rent because you help us with, with that. And so, you'll have a great reward for, in heaven for, for this as well. And uh, uh, this is what I want to say. Just uh, be courageous. Be strong and courageous. It's not me who I sent you. You know, this is the words of the Lord towards Gideon. And it's such a great thing because the qualification is, isn't me who I sent you. 
So it, it helped us a lot because we are, uh, sometimes we are only 10 people or sometimes nine people, sometimes 20 in our church because we are at the beginning and we have like competition anyway. <laughs> and competition with, you know, huge Hillsong style church. So it's people after they receive Jesus, they find, wow, there is a God and they discover uh, two miles away there's a big church. That, oh, I found a great church and I'm attending there. What can I say? Well, good, good. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, <clears throat> Isn't me who I sent you? So this is my encouragement, guys. Whenever you feel like, oh, but the church doesn't have the wings that I want to have. It doesn't, you know, isn't me who I appointed you? Is the words of the Lord, are the words of the Lord for us. So let's remind ourselves, the Lord qualified us. The Lord is for us. The Holy Spirit is the source of boldness. The Holy Spirit is at our hands. The kingdom of heaven is at our hands, it, it, is, it is there to grab it. And it's such a great thing because it says, that I find myself in this. I'm so advantaged. I'm sorry for you guys, but I am advantaged because I'm Romanian. And Romanians are like, if uh, Regian put some food on the table, I'm just first. <laughs> in Romania, we are like this. This is the culture. In England, you stay at the queue. <laughs> so anyway, the Bible says, the violent one grabs it. So... So let's just have this uh, receiving attitude and say, Lord, this gift of boldness, I receive it again, Lord. And I have, uh, uh, it came to my mind, like, uh, some, uh, some of us are uh, in a place where maybe we, uh, our, our passion, our love for the Lord and for people uh, has weakened. And I feel... Uh, it's so, so easy to, to just be honest and to say, Lord, I feel my passion is weakened, my passion for you. So it, it, it is it's like, Lord, please heal my eyes so I can see you. Please heal my heart so I can feel your presence, Lord. And Lord, baptize me again so I can be a history changer for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'm actually not going to say what I said, mainly because it was almost the same. <laughs> so well, that was brilliant. Um, but I don't want to take away from what, uh, what Bogdan just shared, because that was awesome. And we're going to be praying for people at the end as well, if you want to receive an impartation or however you say it. Yeah, so I think I will give you an update about what's happening in Romania, because that was actually what we were supposed to do. <laughs> so, but what I, we feel as well when we come here, we absolutely love coming to OCF because it feels like you don't have to warm people up. And I don't know whether that's because for our church, we're the leaders, so we, or we're always feeling like you're looking and sensing what's going on. But we just feel like the Holy Spirit is so honored in this place, and it's really rare. Like, it's not really... Um, often you don't really find that very often in a lot of churches even in churches that we think are like charismatic and evangelical and we're all with the spirit actually to be able to get into worshiping in the first song just be like we're in it you know I don't know if you know what I mean but that's kind of how we really feel don't we we absolutely love coming to us yeah yeah you're funny with your cues we were in a park a 
car park yesterday and it was absolutely chock-a-block and Bogdan's going, why is everyone queuing? And he was like, there's a line, a straight line right across the car park to go that way and I was going, and he was going, and then everyone was going past us from behind us, going round, going, and he was going, good one, good, she has it, she's got it. And we were like sat behind, I was going, you don't do it. And he's going, I'm just going to pat him in front. I was going, stop it, don't. And he's like, I have to. <laughs> it was in his blood to cut force. There we go. So, yeah, the difference. <laughs> so, for us, what is happening? Um, well, we've just come back from, so I'll say what we've just come back from. We've just come back from Glasgow. We were there um, a couple of days ago, and they um, ordained us, as it were, into the ministry. So, we actually didn't realize it was such a big deal until I looked at my certificate and realized that we could actually marry people and stuff. So, I was like, oh, it was actually a big deal. But, yeah, they did say it would kind of be, but we didn't realize so, yeah, so that's what we were doing up in Glasgow. So, um, so from, I guess, from this point on, we are associated with them and obviously with you guys as well. And we are very, very honoured to, to be associated with you all. And like Bogdan said, I just want to re reiterate us being so grateful for having you guys, like, in our corner. Because in Romania, we're not... Um, there's not a lot of people in our corner. <laughs> and I think to ruffle religious feathers... Makes, gives, gets you a lot of enemies um, and to just have people where you can just walk into a room like we can come in here and just know that everyone goes they've come back that's brilliant we're like yeah people like us it's so nice and to not go oh it's them again you know <laughs> there they are rocking up again you know so that's that's even people in our own church they're like oh we have to go again you know we're like come on guys let's keep going so yeah so um we're associated with you guys and them and then in terms of what's happening in Romania, so we have our Sunday service, as you do, and we have our Friday prayer meetings, which we love. That is just, I say anything goes, it's not quite anything goes, but it's anything goes in the spirit. It's, uh, we really want to teach people and equip people to sense the Holy Spirit and to know um, to, to be equipped to be able to be obedient to the Spirit and to uh, have, you know, the gifts of prophecy and all of those things. And that's what we want to really encourage in our church, which is like a big deal. It's not really something that other churches do at all. So, um, so that's what we're doing on the Fridays. Um, we've had uh, a lady was healed of a sciatic nerve. She had a sciatic nerve damage that was damaged for 20 years. Um, and then she was healed in worship, actually. No one laid their hands on her, on her, did they? No, she was healed in worship. We've had migraines leave in worship, and people come and share about that. We had another lady who was healed from back pain again. She hadn't been able to ever hold her grandchildren whenever they'd been born. And she was, because it was so cute, because then a couple of weeks after that, she was always picking up the kids, like the little babies, and just walking around with them. And we were going, it's all right, you know, they can walk, you can leave them. And she was like, no, I've never been able to carry a baby. I've never even been able to carry my own grandkids, you know. And so we were like, oh, carry all the babies. It's okay. Pick them all up. Pick me up. You know, it was fine. So we were absolutely uh, so thrilled about that. And I think that's the, the thing that really um, fires us up and really kind of when you see that people can understand that God brings solutions and that he brings solutions into situations where you think that, you know, there is no solution. We were talking about this, weren't we, as well, like about how the spirit moving in England and the spirit moving in Africa, how it seems to kind of be slightly different. And it's, um, 
But oftentimes, I think we were talking about it, that it can be the desperation of the people. You know, in Romania, they're not going to be relying on the NHS to be able to help them out with the sciatic nerve damage. They're going to have to have the Lord or nothing. <laughs> so, uh, and I think the same in Africa and the same in all these other countries. And I think that I was talking to a woman at the bus stop as well, and I was talking to her about Jesus. And then she was going, oh, yes, I pray. I've, she's got a pain. And I said, can I pray for you? Well, she was saying about how she prays. She goes to church, you know. And I was like, well, would you like me to pray for you? Because I can pray for you. And I've seen things. How she goes, oh, no, gosh, the devil's too powerful for that. You know, and I was like, why are you going to church and praying if you've got this mentality? Oh, no, the devil's too, too strong for that. You know, she was like, oh, that won't work on me. Oh, no. And I was like, what? It's the same thing. I was like, we've just been talking about how you go to church. But it's that idea of like that actually I'm going and I pray and I go to church because that's what I'm supposed to do. But I don't really believe that God wants to change something in my life and that he will do it, you know. Um, and so I think practice makes perfect. So we don't always see everybody healed. But the more times you pray, the more likely you're going to see someone healed. If you don't ever pray, then you're not going to see anyone get healed. So uh, that's our that's what we are uh, going for, really. And then not just that me and Bogdan are the ones doing the praying, that we can all do it. Everybody's putting their hands on people, which can get a bit chaotic, and it can get a bit uh, crazy, and you do have to tell people, you know, where to put their hands. You do have to tell people there is etiquette, uh, this thing, but it's all part and parcel of teaching people how to do, uh, how to do ministry, you know? <laughs> yeah. So um, it makes me laugh with Sophia, because she's not here, because she'll go, Mummy. But um, she, in our church, we don't have youth. We don't have anybody here, which was always like that. When I was younger, actually, it was me and David Hilton. That was it. But I loved it. But anyway, I don't know if he did with me, <laughs> just him and me. <laughs> but anyway, but in our church, we don't have a youth. So it's just Sophia and my kids. And then everyone else has got really tiny little babies. So I said to Sophia, I was like, do you want to go to um, this other church down the road, you know, where some of our friends are there? And I was like, you can get find other people your own age, you know, other kids praise the Lord together, you know, and she was like, okay, I'll go and give it a go, you know, so she went over there, and then she calls telling Sarah, this. <laughs> she goes over there, she calls me, it was, she went to, finished worship, and she went to youth group, the youth leader, who's also my friend as well, called me, Sophia wants to speak to you, I was like, oh gosh, what's happened, so she's going, can you come and pick me up, please, Holy Spirit isn't here, <laughs> I was like, You can handle 30 minutes. It's all right. You've got another. She's pleased, Mom. She's like, no. The worship, no one was lifting their hands. No one was shouting. There was no tambourines. No. She's like, no. Come and pick me up. People kind of laughing like, should I go and get her? He's like, she can stay another 30 minutes. I'm like, I know. So he goes, you can stay another 30 minutes, love. You'll be all right. She's like, oh, okay. Fine. You know? So I was like, I think these kids, they don't want all the kids around. She just wants to be praising the Lord. So bless her. She plays the violin at the front. She loves playing the violin in the worship team. But anyway, yeah. So I think it me laugh. Yeah. So, and then another thing with Sophia. So when we, um, and what I actually wanted to talk to, about today as well was about radical obedience. It was about how um, we need to be obedient to what the Lord is telling us to do. Um, and we, let's, well, here we go. Let's open, let's open the word because I don't think we've done that yet. Romans 6. Very similar to what Bogdan was saying. So I'll just back it up with the word of God. Let's do that. They're having a whale of a time there in the kids' church, aren't they? I know the Holy Spirit's there. Sophia, she'll give us a judgment after when she comes out. <laughs> 
So as Bogdan's saying, you know, I, I, well, I really feel like the word of the day, the word of the time is obedience and radical obedience. And sometimes I think when we see the word obedience, we kind of get a bit angsty, don't we really? I think we think it's kind of like a mindless submission or blind compliance, then we don't really like it. It feels like we've got no say in anything, you know. And we want to feel free. We want to have choices. We want to have options. But really, when you're a Christian, you've got two options, and it is obedience or disobedience. And we don't like that, but it's true. And I think the obedience is what leads us to life, and the disobedience is what leads us to death. And when we choose the obedience, we're walking towards life. Why would we ever want to walk towards death? Why would we ever want to walk towards something that the Lord doesn't want for us, and we don't actually, in the end, want for ourselves? Um, I, was, I was looking, I was watching this sermon on YouTube and this guy was, he had a guitar, I won't do it now, he had a guitar but he had, had it the other way around with the strings towards him and he was going, I could hold this, I'm very free to hold this guitar however I want, I could hold it like this and I could do this on it but it won't make a sound and I just look silly or I could turn it over and I could play whatever I wanted to play, you know, and I, I'm free, I am free but it doesn't sound very good but when I'm looking at the notes and I play the notes and it sounds like a beautiful song, I'm still free but I'm playing something that's bringing life and something that is good, not something that's going to be like, oh, it doesn't sound quite right. So in Romans 6, we have this crazy, crazy thing that Paul talks about, which is being slaves to obedience and righteousness. And people will say, which actually does say that, but in other parts that we're no longer slaves, but we're, you know free and we're friends of God, but here we say, we see that we are actually slaves to righteousness. So 16, verse 16, it says, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. And he talks about how he's talking in human terms, obviously, so we can all understand. But being slaves is something we don't like to think about, is it? About being a slave to something. But really, it's completely for our, for our benefit. And I was going to talk to you about this obedience, about being slaves to this obedience, um, and just use an example of uh, Sophia. So Sophia went to, um, she went to this, uh, she went away with the school, with the school, because she finished, as it were, primary school, and she went on like a little trip with primary school. And in this little trip, she went, she went to this restaurant that was like on top of a mountain area, and there, there was a lady who was from Pakistan. Now, this lady didn't speak any English, but she'd been serving the kids and, uh, and chatting to the kids. And Sophia, just from some boldness that Sophia has, <laughs> went over to her and said to her, you know, why are you speaking English? Why don't you know Romanian? <laughs> and she was telling her that she was from Pakistan and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, Sophia came, Sophia came back. And only, it was only after two or three days she goes to meet mummy. I met a persecuted Christian in the mountains. I was like... What persecuted Christian meeting in the mountains? Don't you remember when I went away with school while I was chatting to her and she was telling me that she'd been, she was persecuted in Pakistan and that she came over here and all of it. And she's telling me she came over and she was searching out for a Christian country 
So she applied to come to live in Romania, and then she said, but now she doesn't like it because there's only Orthodox people here and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, God, she must feel so alone up there in the mountains. It was like they would live there and, you know, they have their food there and stuff. So she must feel so alone. And I said to Sophia, me and her, we were just, just this Holy Spirit boldness came over both of us. And we went, let's go and get her. Let's go and find her again, you know. And I'm like going off what she's just told me, that she's had a chat with someone in a restaurant. Let's go, you know. And so she's going, yeah, let's go, mommy. So like we get in the car and I'm like, I'm like, I'm teaching her to go with the Holy Spirit. This is what I'm teaching her. And she's going to me, what are we going to say to her? And I was like, I have no idea. We're just going to say we're here because we feel like we want to come here and we know about you speaking English. So well, I don't know. So we went and it was like one hour trip. So we're all going. <laughs> and then we get up there anyway. So we, we meet her. And we figure out that actually she is a real person. Well, I figured out she is real. I was kept going to her. I was like, is she real? Is she a real person? Yeah, she's real. Honestly, she's real. Okay. So we go get up there and find her. Um, and we were like, hello. We're Christians. And we just want to say hello. And, what, you know, and do you go to church anywhere? And she was like, oh, are you Christians? Like, real Christians? Like, I think so, yeah like oh this is brilliant and so she's like weeping and she was going this is brilliant because she said that there was a little orthodox church around the corner she was like that was my only church and I would go to that anyway just because it was a church to go to but her manager wouldn't let her go because she said that she's going to church too much and she's not allowed to go even if it was a day off so she was like I've I was searching for a Christian country and I'm more persecuted here than I was there because she's like at least there I could go to church they could still go to church but she couldn't have a job and all of that business. So we were like right so then we got it didn't we? Well I I went with Sophia and we went and uh, told her when we have church and when she has a free day we'll go and collect her and pick her up and then bring her to church you know or we'll have a meeting. So it ended up one of her free days was on a Friday when we have our prayer meeting. And we had one of the most anointed services we've ever had. She came, and <laughs> I just really felt, again, another boldness thing from the Lord. I just really felt like we should wash her feet. And I've ne that only has to be the Lord, because I've never done that ever. <laughs> never, ever in my life. And so I was like, I'll have to, we'll wash her feet. So we washed her feet in. We didn't even have a bowl. We took from the kids' area an upturned um, fireman's hat. <laughs> because we didn't have a bowl. That's how often we wash people's feet. So I washed their feet in a fireman's mouth. And I was like, this is the Lord, trust me. So we did it. And as I was washing their feet, the people who'd come to the prayer meeting, or they were like praying in tongues, people who had not prayed in tongues before. There was this other guy who had an open vision of Jesus coming into the room and ministering to us all. These, they're not usually doing this, so I was like, wow, yes, and it was just so anointed, just from, just from one act of obedience and just from one act of saying, let's go and let's go and just listen to the Holy Spirit and say, and she's part of our church, she's got a new job and she's in town, so it's really nice that, and she can help me look after the kids, so that's really nice. <laughs> I was like, yes, Lord, thank you, Jesus, got a babysitter. <laughs> so, yeah, so I just thought that I would just give three little pointers about how steps to start to live a lifestyle of obedience. And with this, I'm done, so don't worry. I'm not going to go on about it. So the first one is, really the first one is to know who you obey. And Bogdan was talking about that as well, to know that he's the Lord, but to know who you obey and to know what he sounds like. 
And we can really do that mainly by just practicing. We practice, we listen, we read the word, we listen to the Lord and what he says. You know, we were just um, at somebody's house recently and uh, unfortunately they'd had a scam text message um, and what they were, and they'd, you know, fallen into it by, unfortunately, but what they were saying was, I can't believe they didn't know that it wasn't, that it wasn't me, you know, who was asking for this money. I can't believe that they didn't know that I wouldn't do that, you know, and I think, I mean, you do in those situations, we've all <laughs> been, been there, but I think it, it's like this idea of knowing that the voice of the Lord sounds like this. The voice of the Lord would tell me to do something like this. The voice of the Lord wouldn't say, do this other thing, you know. And we know that when we're in the word, it's a lifestyle. So we think a lifestyle of obedience is being in the word as a lifestyle because it talks about who the Lord is and it talks about his character. The second one would be to obey him in the small things. And we don't have to just wait like Bogdan was saying about, you know, the Abraham. We don't wait till he tells you to sacrifice Isaac. You know, you're, waiting, you're listening in the small things and the little things that he's telling you to do. Go and give that lady 10 pounds. Go and do that. Go and do this other thing. Eliana's really good at this. She was <laughs> obeying in the small things. And when she feels the Holy Spirit, <laughs> she just wants to, like, give everything away. It's so funny. It's so cute. Like, just now in worship, she was going, have we got any money? I need to put it all in the box. And I was like, we don't have any change. And she started crying. <laughs> and she's going, why don't we have any money? I'm like, it's all right. There's a grace for you, love. There's grace. It's okay. The Lord knows you've not got any money. <laughs> and she just wants to do that. But she's always like that. So we have people come around. She's like, I really need to do this thing. Like, I need to give them. It was Christmas, the last Christmas. And she was giving away all of our Christmas decorations off our tree. And I couldn't, I couldn't be like, put them back. She was like, oh, we've not got, she was going, we've not got a present for them, like everyone who's come around. Like, we're not supposed to get presents for everyone that comes around, you know. And she'd be like, it's all right, I'll just give them all the decorations from the tree. And she's like, getting them in a bag and giving them to them. <laughs> They're like, thank you, thank you so much. I was like, God, I'm going to buy more decorations now. <laughs> but it's that willingness to obey. Like, obviously, she's just feeling the feels. But like, if we, if we have the Holy Spirit on us and he goes, do this, do that, even in the little things, you know then we start to learn to do it even in the bigger things. And as well, and I think the last thing as well that I'd like to tell you is that um, sometimes our obedience to God can look to other people like disobedience. It can look like it's reckless and unruly, and it can look like people can judge you for it. You know, sometimes the, the Holy Spirit might tell you to move countries when you've got a great job where you are and everyone's settled and everyone feels great in your family, but God's actually telling you to move. He might be telling you to sell your car. He might be telling you to give loads of money away, but he also might be telling you to do things that are like maybe break off that friendship. He might be telling you to do other things that might not appear to other people to be the kind and nice and lovely thing to do as a Christian. But really, if it's the Holy Spirit telling you to do it, you've just got to be convicted that that's what he's telling you. And in Matthew 25, we know from that parable that the Lord is going to say to us at the end, well done, we hope he is, well done, good and faithful servant. And so to be a servant of the Lord is one of the greatest privileges that we could ever live. Um, so I just want to encourage you to be bold, as Bogdan said, be obedient in what the Lord has for you. And we all know what the Lord is calling us to do. I think as well, as we're talking about this and as Bogdan's talking about boldness, for some of us, it will be sharing our faith. For other people, it will be something different. But if, 
We all know what it is that the Holy Spirit is telling us to do and what he's called us to do and what is on our life. You know, sometimes you might think, oh, what's, you know, what's my particular calling? But usually it's actually something that you enjoy doing. I mean, don't worry about thinking, you know, I have a friend who's always like, maybe God's going to call me to Africa. And I'm like, I don't think she, he actually would really, if you really are going to be hating it and despising it. Sometimes he might do, you know, sometimes he might. But it's, you know, it's, if there's something that God has given you a passion for, then I would just really encourage you to go for it. Okay, let's be done. But um, can we all stand and then we'll just pray about that because I think it's... Uh... Mm. So if you just think maybe now and ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to, t- to tell you what it is that he's asking you to be obedient in. It might be something small, it might be something big. But if you just have that in your, you know, the forefront of your mind... And just say, just Lord, give me boldness. Yeah, Lord, we just ask for a radical boldness in our obedience to you. Just a loud boldness in our obedience to you. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you live inside of us. And you don't want to stay just inside of us, Lord. You want to be seen on the outside. You want to be seen by the people around us. And maybe sometimes you can feel like our personality type doesn't doesn't, uh, look like boldness. But it's the decisions when we decide to obey you and we decide to go down that path of life. Because sometimes no choice is disobedience too. And no decision and no obedience, a lack of obedience is disobedience too. And we don't want to be those who are disobedient, Holy Spirit. We don't want to be those who don't listen to you and what you're asking us to do. So, Lord, would you anoint us, Father, with a boldness and an obedience to your spirit, God? If there's anyone that would want 